This episode of the Behind the Mask podcast is sponsored by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you know you're getting a real deal. Whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gym, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly. Remember that first style piece or luxury item you just had to have? How did it make you feel when you finally got it? These days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for that blue check mark. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. That means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's authenticated by real experts. Why is this the new way to shop? eBay is where you can find rare, limited-run pieces and special colorways you can no longer find in stores. Listen, when you're finally ready to buy that thing you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. They're everywhere, and it's real tough to tell the difference for yourself. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, that's easy. So again, look for the blue check mark. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know, in today's world... It seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for any unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you will feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Behind the mask. Two was happening, bro. We got a special guest today. My man, Eric Reed, has finally came out, man. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, my brother. You as well, man. Long time, great LSU. Love watching you play for my 49ers, man. Mm-hmm. Obviously out of the game now. You're supporting your brother. Yes. Plays with the Chiefs. So what's good, man? What you been up to? Man, I've been at home loving on my family. Uh, You don't realize how much time you have to sacrifice with your family when you're playing Mm -hmm. until you're done and you're home all day. It's like, yo, I've been missing out on this for for years. And so I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying being with my wife and children. Yeah, that's, that's the transition. Has it ever been a time to where you like, man, I kind of miss that locker room, though. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, mentally, I'm like, man, I need to get back out there. Mm-hmm. My joints, yeah. hey, man, it's, it's time to go ahead and leave that, <laughs> leave that in the past. <laughs> leave that in the past, man. So, yeah, but no, uh, I definitely miss the game, miss the sport. I mean, you, you spend your life playing it, yeah, honing your craft, mm-hmm. um, hanging out with the fellas, building something, achieving something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's tough, I and mean, you guys know when, when when you hang it up or when it ends, especially when yeah. you think you got more in the tank. Yeah, it's difficult. But hey, yeah. life goes on, and you know I'm doing other things now, and that I'm I'm really excited about. So talk about uh, the beginnings, and I, and the beginnings. I'm talking about college football. Obviously, LSU guy. I gotta yeah. give me my little Ole Miss props here, Auburn guy right here. But the beginnings in LSU. We're talking about the rivalries and the difference of oh, college man. football back then. SEC, the difference in college football then compared to now. I just do a little head wag when people talk about other conferences <laughs> and how they're better. And I'm like, yo, we, we were talking kind of pre-show, like at any given moment, you got to face an Auburn, yep. an Ole Miss, mm-hmm. an Alabama, a Mississippi State, mm-hmm. a Florida. Arkansas. An Arkansas. Yeah. Week in, week out, mm-hmm. guys that on any moment, there's 10 or 15 NFL-bound yeah, yeah. players on the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every week, yeah, yeah, in the SEC, and that's just normal. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a week off for us when you go and you play a, 
you know, a different conference. <laughs> a different conference. Look, I'm not going, you know, throwing no shade on anybody else. Like, hey, man. But that's what it is. It's, it's true. That's the reality. I just got back into it, you know, two years now mm -hmm. in, working with ESPN SEC Network, and I see it all the time, and I hear the chatter too. But I'm like, guys, you, you got to look at the schedule. The, the, the competition on the west, east side now, it's all coming together as one, which, I, which what I think is going to make the SEC that much better because we still keep the rivalries intact, but now you will see some different crossover play. Yeah. You will see a Georgia coming to now Texas. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, all That's, of this, man. I'm excited about Texas, especially, you know, I, I live in New Orleans now to, mm -hmm. see, to see the young man in, at Texas. You know, I, I think everybody's excited when he gets his opportunity. But for Texas to come, it's gonna. I mean, the conference is getting stronger. Yeah. And so um, I don't know, what's the streak now? I think I think you know, there's a time where we had the SEC had won like seven or eight or nine championships. Yeah, championships, you know? and then we just. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. We you know, weren't we, represented we, in the championship yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. The streak was broken this year. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked kinda, about that. We, we kind of squabbled that. We, we were boohooing a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't in it, at least you, the you SEC ruined. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Technically, you don't want to root for Bama, right. but. I just give you the head nod. Yeah, exactly. It's like we didn't get there because we had to play them. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, man. For me, there is nothing better than showcasing my joy. Our friends at Frito Lay know that joy is bold, vivacious, and contagious. Joy gives life flavor, rhythm, and vibes. And when joy takes flight, it can't be contained. It is robust, more than a smile or a laugh. It's an infectious experience. So here's to all the creators that inspire us with your creativity and passion. Let's keep filling the world with joy. And make sure you look out for the My Joy campaign powered by Frito-Lay. Let's go back to a few years ago. It seems like a few years ago. Your career, pro career, ended abruptly. And um, we got to address the elephant in the room. Everybody was wondering, like, man, when is Eric Reed going to come back and play? And a lot of it stemmed off of you taking the kneel. You and Cap was the first two guys that started doing it. Life changed for you. Uh, can you talk about the frustrations and that process and kind of leading up to just the exit plan to when you knew, like, man, it's, it's finally over? Yeah, so as you guys know, being in a sports environment, in a locker room, it's always been ingrained and instilled in you to be a leader, to mm. be a role model, to help the people around you, to, to lift people up. Mm. And so it was a very easy decision for me when that moment came to take a knee because – that's what I've always been taught to do is to, to speak up for other people, mm -hmm. to, to be a role model, to be a leader, to do what was right. And as you know, being in the community with an, in athletic careers, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I saw it as an opportunity to do something that we had always done as athletes and role models in our community, which mm -hmm. was help people. Um, I grew up, well, in college, social media was just starting to boom, mm -hmm. right? Facebook. Instagram and Twitter were just coming out. That was our 2010. But now I'm in the league living my dream. I get drafted in 2013. By 2016, you just see all these police-involved killings, all these murders happening. It's in your face. Like, it's just there all the time. And so the opportunity for me was just, hey, why don't I do what I've always done mm -hmm. and speak up for somebody that can't speak for themselves? Right. And so, um, you know, I decided to, to take a knee. And I knew that it was going to be controversial, but that was by design, right? To mm -hmm. get people talking about right. what was happening so we, can, we could address what was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not think that that controversy would put my career in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. But hey, um, in a sense, mission accomplished because um, a lot of people 
were forced to discuss what was happening and do something about it. Mm -hmm. I think what I appreciate is that people outside the locker room don't realize that if you're blessed enough, you live much, many more years outside of the locker room than you do inside a locker yeah. room. So people will remember you for the impact you've had on them off the field as opposed to your last interception, your last sack, your last tackle. That's commendable. That's amazing. But as an athlete, you still want to be loved. You still want to be recognized for what you did on the field. Talk about the misconception from the outside world yeah. of people, how you were treated. I know the emails came through. You talked about social media coming through. How that was directed to you when the misconception was wrong in terms of the reason of what you were doing. That is the particularly frustrating thing for me. Um, people try to discredit what Colin and I were doing by saying we weren't performing well, mm. which is so contrary to what was actually true. Like my last season, I broke two records mm. and I got cut after that. Um, and so, you know, me and my agent did the research and we couldn't find another instance in the history of the game where there's an athlete that broke multiple records and then not only didn't, not only got cut, but never played again. Yeah. So the misconception that, you know, we weren't performing on the field was a, was a crazy yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, I don't dwell on it. I, I wish it would have been different, but hey, I, you know, you got to move forward. It's, it's interesting on the flight here. I watched a documentary about Willie Mays mm. um, and Jackie Robinson and just where society has come for, for guys like that in baseball, them being in the Negro League and breaking into the MLB and seeing the progress, but knowing that there's still so much further to go, right? Um, we've obviously, in our sport, have taken it over. Um, recently with the quarterback position, that was something that they said we couldn't do. Yeah. Right, not smart enough to, to process information mm -hmm. fast enough to, to play that position. But now, you know, it's very normal, and that's amazing. Yeah. And we have to keep pushing for the next, that, through that next ceiling, which is the, the front office, the coaching, mm -hmm. the, the GMs, and, and eventually in the ownership. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my path. I'm grateful that I was able to do something that I think helped people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to continue doing that. This episode of the Behind the Mask podcast is brought to you by McDonald's Best Burgers Ever. McDonald's Classic Burgers are hotter, juicier, and tastier than ever before. So much so that Hamburglar is on the loose again. The patties are cooked to juicy perfection. The cheese is perfectly melted. The Big Mac has more special sauce in every bite. These are truly McDonald's Best Classic Burgers Ever. And with the big game coming up, you know McDonald's Best Burgers are definitely going to be on the menu. Make sure you try McDonald's Best Burgers Ever at a McDonald's near you. And grab some before Hamburglar does. Yeah, it, it definitely was uh, a memorable moment. Mm -hmm. And I'll just speak more so from in terms of I'm a big social activist guy. Um, I benefit off of what you guys started. Uh, and I'm talking about the Players Coalition. Like all of that kind of developed because of mm -hmm. what you guys did to bring attention to all of the matters that was happening in the black community. So I salute you on hey. that. And as a former player, I know a lot of people, they would ask us like, man, I know you're not playing, but what would you do? Mm -hmm. And it really just took me back. And I just had to sit down and think like, imagine people booing you. Just imagine people just ripping you every time you get up or you get on TV or whatever. Man, I, I commend you for it, man. Well, and, and, and definitely supported that too. Thank you. And the thing that, that kept me grounded in those moments when we were being villainized was I knew that I wasn't lying about anything, mm -hmm. right? I knew what I was witnessing was true. Mm -hmm. People were dying in traffic stops. 
people were being discriminated against. It was happening. I had experienced it myself growing up in the South. And so I knew some people didn't understand, but I also knew that I wasn't lying about it. I also knew that my experience was true. Yeah. I also knew that there are people who supported me and what I was doing. There was a whole other misconception that we somehow hated police in the military. My father's a chaplain for the police department in my hometown. I grew up around police. My mother was in the armed services. My, my uncles, I have a long line of family members who served. They were the ones telling me that, you know, when you go overseas and you come home. You, You're not afforded yeah. the, the opportunities that you deserve. Exactly. And so it's the people around me who kept me grounded when I knew their stories and my grandfather and my father telling me what it was like growing up in Maryland, which is the North where people think that there wasn't racism, but yeah, no, it was right. very real. Um, so yeah, despite all the controversy and the backlash, you know, my, my loved ones and the people close to me who kept me grounded. And, and even in the locker room, mm -hmm. we had conversations with guys that never would have been had otherwise, right? Like, right. you know, sports is that, that great melting pot where people from all different socioeconomical, so yeah. you all come together for this common goal of sports and achieving mm -hmm. a championship mm -hmm. and you create this bond. And so it was very easy for us to have these conversations. Um, so I, I think that people didn't understand that as well, but hey, you know, we, we did something that we thought was good. Um, we're excited about the changes that have been happening and uh, we, we think that it should continue. You brought up a point that melting pot, people always say, and media ran with the narrative of, oh, it's a distraction, it's a distraction. I'm like, do you realize this is our livelihood when we're playing? Nobody's thinking about what's going on off the field when you cross over that line. Yeah, it's true. You worried about the man in front of you and beating him because if you don't, he's taking food off your table. Yep. You're not thinking about what happened. Like, I played, I was going through a divorce. I'm like, I'm not thinking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing on my mind. Right. You worried about the 300 pound person in front of you. You worried about the receiver that runs a 4-3-40 running a post route or a double move on you. We're professionals. Everybody has circumstances in their life that they're dealing with, even in business. So, so to your point, you're professional. You're on the field and you're handling your business. So, right. um, you know, in the locker room, and it, it still wasn't a distraction. It was, it was our you. life. It's what we're experiencing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So fast forward now. What new ventures that you got your hands set on now? I'm really, really, really excited about what I'm doing now. Um, after being out of the league for a couple of years, I knew that I wanted to be in business. I went to school to study business. And so I started a business. It's a food production company that I've named Vendisco. And um, that came about after witnessing in my own community the lack of access to nutritional food, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in black communities, you're used to seeing, you know, the fast food restaurants, yeah. the liquor stores, but it's ultimately a lot of food deserts. Um, and so I've, I've partnered with a manufacturer who um, is producing food for me. I'm, I'm, they work with me and we're gonna address those disparities in our community starting in Louisiana. And I have the vision and goal to go nationally. I think that's awesome. I grew up in a small rural town and when you talk about food deserts, that's where they are. In particular, you, like, I, I didn't even realize it until I made it to the league and you start eating good, you go to certain steakhouses, and when you go back to the crib and you go to the grocery store, it's like, I can't even find Brussels sprouts. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's typical vegetable in right. the city, right. but it's things like that that brought it to my attention, man. So salute to you and wish you, you all the best on appreciate your it. new venture, bro. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me, guys. Good man, good. I appreciate the time, Thank man. You. Keep setting that, that trail on fire, my brother. I'm gonna Keep try. doing it, man. Thank you. you. Got our support. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. Behind the mask.